What a mighty God. It blesses me to see folks get excited about singing songs about heaven and about eternity. Praise God. It's more than just getting by here. We have a hope. We're pilgrims passing through. We have a hope in Christ Jesus. If you came to hear me preach a political message, you came to the wrong church. I come to tell you this morning, I preach Jesus. I speak Jesus. We preach Jesus. Praise God. That's all I've ever known. That's all I am. And, uh, you know, I know that sometimes things will come out. But, you know, as you began to preach. and and uh, But, you know, this world's not our home. We're just passing through. And I'm thankful this morning to be in the company of the redeemed. I couldn't. I wouldn't rather be in the company of anybody else but the company of the redeemed. Are you redeemed this morning by the blood of the Lamb? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to read a short portion here. And I want to say yet again, we welcome all of our visitors. We welcome you this morning to the house of God. We've changed some things up and made our aisles a little more, you know, uh, accessible here and so I saw this morning that some people like that amen and they're marching around that city or running amen that's all right praise the Lord <laughs> amen you may be able to get a couple laps on, on this new uh, setup you know <laughs> praise God but I'm thankful this morning and we just are so grateful that you're here in God's house and we just come to preach Jesus thank you Lord preach Jesus in Isaiah chapter 40, I'm going to be preaching this morning a message entitled, Fading Humanity. Fading Humanity. And in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 6, the Bible says this, The voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? This is what he said, you shall cry. All flesh is grass. And all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. The word of our God shall stand forever. Thank God that His Word endureth forever. That heaven and earth may pass away, will pass away, shall pass away. But He said, My Word will never pass away. In fact, He honors His Word and elevates His Word even above His name, the Bible says in the book of Psalms. Because I can tell you, we stand upon His Word. We stand upon His Word. There are different definitions of God's name. But I can tell you His Word is what He's promised. It's His character. It's the message to us that we anchor in. Amen? We anchor in that Word and in the work of the cross. And so I'm thankful today for that. And we're going to pray over this Word and get right into it. Would you agree with me in prayer? Father, we thank You today for the time to come to break open the bread of life. And I thank You for this beautiful congregation, Lord. And I'm just asking You to come and help me today to preach the second service like you did the first service, Lord. What a beautiful spirit. What a wonderful, uh, you know, time we had. And Lord, I'm asking you to do it again, God. Reveal yourself again. Talk through me again. Speak to this congregation, Lord. And if you choose to change something or go a different direction or do something else, God, I pray that you just use me as your vessel. Anoint these lips of clay. I submit myself unto you and humble myself this morning. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary let me decrease that you may increase Father God I pray and Lord have thine own perfect will and way and we'll give you all the glory and honor in Jesus name we pray amen and amen I'm preaching an evangelistic message this morning Sometimes there are messages that will encourage. Sometimes there's messages, you know, that will teach us. And there's doctrinal messages. There are, you know, expository messages. And that's kind of what this is. But, but there's messages that are evangelistic. And we need to have evangelism in the day and time that we're living in. Amen? The world needs to be evangelized. But there's some people in the church that need to be evangelized. 
Because just because you come to church don't mean that you've been born again. But we must be born again to see the kingdom of heaven. And so I'm preaching this evangelistic message led by God. And the messages of evangelism are very important. We must hear about you know, heaven and hell. We must hear about how frail this life is and how the there's a fragility about this life. And, and, and that's what we're reading about this morning, that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of God endures forever. And so, you know, we must hear these kind of messages about how frail this life is and that how mortality is so fragile because the enemy will come and bring a lie to you and tell you or even... Even just your everyday life of living, you'll think that it's just going to continue on and on and on and on. And there's never going to be any end to this. That is deception to think that this this life is going to go on and on and on. Not in this earthly life. We have eternal life that's awaiting us that is forever and eternal. But in this life, we have an opportunity to begin to surrender our life unto the Lord Jesus Christ and take Him as our Savior and as our Lord and the devil wants to you know um, to, to lull people to sleep in a, in a false security that this earthly life will go on and on but that's deception he lied in the garden and told Eve you shall not surely die well, I can tell you, everybody I, at this that I've known, Amen. Uh, in this life, is either has have died, Amen. Not everybody, but I know we're living here today. But there comes a point where people take their last breath and they die. Death is a reality, is what I'm trying to say. And I want you today to view this life and humanity from God's point of view, because that's what matters this morning. God's point of view and how you see that and how you receive that. Man, he says, is as the grass of the field. Man was formed of the dust of the ground. God made him a living soul. You are here today as a living soul with breath in your body because God gave you life. That's why abortion is such an abomination and an atrocity because life begins, God says life begins at that conception the Word of God says that we were fearfully and, and wonderfully made in our mother's womb. That He knew us before we were even conceived. But when we were conceived, we are a soul. We're a living soul. And it's a horrific thing that the world out there that is anti-God thinks it's that, 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 that a, a fetus or that a baby is not a life. But it is a life. That's the atrocity of the age we're living in. But we were, we were uh, formed by the du- in the dust by God. And God made us a living soul. And one day, Genesis 3.19 says, we'll return to the dust again. Now in Isaiah here we read and he's pinning God's thoughts, God's voice. Man is as a flower in verse 6. God knows how to communicate so well to us. And I love how that He uses earthly and natural things, just everyday objects to show us the realities in our life, spiritually and naturally. And He shows us through earthly and natural things, these objects. Our life is like a flower. You know, our life is like a flower. There is the flower of infancy in your life and my life. That was a period of time when we were born, and, and most people don't recollect things till about four or five years old. I've heard people say, oh, I, I, I knew when I was, you know, six months old to a year old. I said, no, you didn't. You don't remember that. Sometimes there's tragic things that happen. I remember at three years old, I wrecked my mom's car. I pulled it out of out of park into neutral and it rolled down a hill my mom had a big old 74 Monte Carlo it was silver champagne silver with a black top Landau by the way it was a beautiful car I mean a beautiful car and I pulled that thing in neutral sitting in that steering wheel and it rolled down the hill and the front door went up to the front fender and it bent the frame it hit that tree so hard that tree was as big as one of them speakers it totaled her car it was quite a a conversation she had with her insurance adjuster. She said, my son wrecked my car. I said, does he have a license? She said, no. How old is he? Three. There's a flower of your infancy of things that you don't remember except maybe perhaps something tragic took place in your life. 
There's also the flower of your youth. We have the flower of our youth, that period of time of our youth, whenever we, you know, uh, have that moment in time. And youth is an awesome thing. I'm so grateful for the days of my youth. I had some rough times, but I had some good times. I'm grateful that I heard the word of God before I turned, before I was out of my teens, 16, 17 years of age, I started hearing the word of God and I got saved, born again at 17 years of age. But in Ecclesiastes, the great writer says, remember now, in verse, in chapter 12, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. What am I saying to you young people today? That you have a flower of your youth, a period of time of your youth. Serve God while you're young. Amen. Serve God while you're young. Develop a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ whenever you really don't have any problems in your life. I know you think you have problems, but you don't have problems until you get really get older and you got bills to pay and children to raise and you know a family to lead in the admonition of the Lord. You know, serve God when you're young. I remember getting saved and I served the Lord in the infancy of my youth. It's a flower of my youth, rather. And uh, but but before you know it, you're, you're your years, uh, your youthful years are gone like that. It's like a blink and you look back and you think, my goodness, yesterday I was 17 and today I'm 50. Then there's the flower of your manhood, the middle age, your most productive years and it seems like that you blink and they fly by. There's the flower of your intellect. That moment in your life, those years in your life when, when I can tell you you're just gaining wisdom and you're gaining knowledge and you're growing in the things of God. We hope people use the flower of their intellect for things that are evil and wicked and demonic. But we need to use it for the kingdom of God. We need to serve God. We need to give God our everything. Everything's not just our, the flower of our life but our intellect, our energies, our giftings. Our talents. He gave us everything anyway. Amen. Amen. But reading this. I'm, I'm thinking about this. There's all of these different seasons and stages in our life. The flower of our manhood. The flower of our youth. The flower of our infancy. And then you come to the flower of your maturity or your old age. And you take your last breath. And then what? We're going to stand before God one day. That's the evangelistic part of this message. We're going to stand before God one day. And some people say, well, I'm going through things. I needed you to preach to me about what I'm going through. I can tell you, nothing, nothing that you're going through is worse, amen, than hell and being separated from God. So we must make sure that we know Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we surrender our life, amen. He came to deliver us from the uh, hell and from a, 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 an eternal punishment separated from God. Embrace that today. You're blessed because you're sitting under a voice that's preaching to you. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Life can be as beautiful as a flower. Just as Jesus referred to us as sheep, He also said, consider the lilies. They don't toil. They don't have to worry about being taken care of. God takes care of them. He rains upon them. He gives them nutrients from the ground. The sun shines upon them. He takes care of the flowers. And the flowers come, they bud, they bloom, and then they fade away. That's your life and my life. Life is but a vapor. It's just like fog in a mirror. It's here and it's gone. Let that sink in because the devil will tell you. You've got the rest of your life ahead of you. Everything is before you. I can tell you. You can go out and drive out here and pull out on Lambert. And and, and your life could be over in a second. I know. I pulled out of Lambert one, one day about two years ago. In fact, it was May 5th. 
2021, I, I, I pulled out of this church at 1150, 11.50 at night. Drove right down Lambert Boulevard to Harbor. And I was at Harbor and Lambert. And I don't even remember what happened other than that I got hit head on by a drunk driver. Thank God he spared my life. Thank God I'm here today because God wasn't done with me. But you don't realize what awaits you just seconds down the street. It's like the preacher that was out on the corner preaching and an ungodly cop come up. You say ungodly. I'm not saying cops are ungodly. I'm just saying he wasn't serving God. Amen. Sorry, Brother Mike. Amen. But he, hallelujah. We got some godly cops. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, when you got the microphone and you speak for a living, every once in a while you're going to make a mistake. Amen. But an unbelieving cop, a man, one that wasn't serving God, came up and he saw that preacher. He was on a, a you know, a motorcycle, and he he looked at him and he heard that preacher preaching, and he said, "Hey, preacher, how far is hell?" He said, "It's right around the corner." And he took off on that bike and drove down uh, two blocks and got hit and was killed instantly. You don't know when you're going to take your next breath, your last breath. So you got to make sure that you're right with God. That's why evangelism must be preached. We must have evangelistic services. But life can be as beautiful as a flower. We can bloom and blossom and be a blessing and a gift to the people of God and to the world. We can be. We should be. Ministry is a gift. There's a gift of helps. There's gifts of the spirit the gifts of the spirit or spiritual gifts. Uh, spiritual gifts that edify the body. There's a fivefold ministry. There's all kinds of gifts that we read about in Corinthians and different places in the Word. There's the, the, the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom, amen, the, the spiritual gift of prophecy. There's a gift of healing. There's a gift of helps. There's a gift of administration. There's all kinds of gifts that God will use. And then there's giftings in, in the fivefold ministry that we read about in the Word of God, pastors and teachers and evangelists, apostles. And, and prophets, you see these giftings, and we all have giftings, we all have something that we can do, amen there's something that we can do God has called us to, and what you're called to do may not be what somebody else is called to do, you are a flower in bloom, and so bloom in what God has made you to be if you are an orange rose or a yellow rose or a, a pink carnation don't be jealous that you're not a red rose Stay in your lane and be thankful for what God has called you to be. In this church, and there's many people that do different things, some people can provide food at the drop of a hat. Amen. When Sister Skiles needs somebody to come in and make a balloon archway, she knows who to call. Everybody knows. Go to Amber. She knows how to make them balloon arches. And thank the Lord because I couldn't blow up that many balloons. I would go crazy in my, you know, impatience waiting to try to do that. But she's, she's, she has that gifting. She can do that. And it looks beautiful. And people come in and go, man, the pictures look awesome because somebody's gifted to do that. Brother Buddy's gifted to run electrical and do drywall. And everything else, amen. We all have our giftings. Praise the Lord. And we are a flower in bloom. Our whole life is blooming. Ministry is a gift. The aroma of a flower affects people. I believe the aroma is the fruits of the Spirit. The aroma from that flower that's so beautiful. I've went out before and you could smell the eucalyptus. You could smell the trees and the flowers. and the, the, It's just such a beautiful aroma. That's what God wants us to be. Our worship, our praise is a sweet aroma to the Lord and to those who have spiritual insight and can discern its value. We had a men's barbecue on Friday night, and what a time we had. Amen. It's so wonderful. 
praise God, we fasted the first men's meeting we had and we made up for it for the second one. <laughs> praise God. We had every kind of beef you can imagine. Let me just stay here for just a moment. Amen. We had brisket. We had tri-tip. We had pork belly. We had burnt ends. And we had chicken for those that, you know, don't eat red meat. But we left that for them. Glory to God. But we had cream corn. Somebody got the mind of God to make cream corn. I was so thankful. I said, man, I'm in hog heaven. Glory to God. They had salad. They had slaw. They had hot rolls. There was pasta salad. There was everything you can imagine. And then we went in and there was this table filled with a cornucopia of delights that were desserts. Yeah. Banana cream pie. It was delish. Amen. I said it has to be healthy. It's got bananas in it. Amen. I'm so thankful, but we ate like kings. And then we ate again. We had chili. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, it was it was endless. I said, this is going to be like the marriage supper of the Lamb. But you know, what really blessed me wasn't, wasn't just the food and the fellowship. But hearing these young men stand up and speak. Oh, I sat there and I just wept and cried to hear them speak, to hear them share testimonies, to hear them share the Word of God, to hear them pray. Oh, my goodness. Somebody prayed and it just, I sat there and I wept. I thought, my God. He said, listen, listen, God, I'm doing something. This is the aroma from their life. They're blooming. They're blossoming. Praise God, they're blossoming. You, 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 you've tapped into something when you can pray and you move. You move the heart of a person because of your prayer. There's an anointing upon your life to pray. You know, but all of this being said, our life, amen, is beautiful like a flower. And that aroma is awesome. It's so beautiful to see people and how God's using them. It's so beautiful to hear our young people pray and young people testify. Yesterday I went down to St. Jude and saw Connie Sanger. She's the one that sits back there in the back and usually she has a black mask on because she's, you know, has a, a severe, you know, respiratory issues. But she's in the hospital with pneumonia. And, but I went in there and began to talk to her and we laughed and we cried and we prayed and we sang. I pulled out my phone and we began to sing the old rugged cross and at the cross and at Calvary and we're singing. She's weeping, I'm weeping. You know, we're praying in the Spirit and just having church. And the nurse came over. She looked in. She said, I heard singing in here. She goes, it's so beautiful to hear you singing. It's just, my goodness. And then the doctor came in about two minutes later. And he said, I hear singing going on in here. I said, you know, I didn't tell him this, but there's a spirit of death that hovers over hospitals. Amen. And a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And we're singing and we're shouting. We're praising God. What I'm trying to say is that it's an aroma that affects people around about you. Amen. You're not just giving Him glory but your praise and your worship and the Spirit of God upon your life is affecting people around you. Some people say I want to be that flower that has an aroma that's a blessing. Seems like all I am is a ragweed. Well that can be changed today. Amen. That can be changed today. But he says here in the word of God, he says, the grass withereth and the flower fades. but The word of God shall stand forever. The fact of the matter is the flower does fade. That's the flower of your life. And God wants us to get this today. Our lifespan is like a falling flower, a fading flower before him. Beauty fades away. Strength fades away. Come on. Amen. And our actions can advance the fading if we're not careful. Does not the Bible say that if we live by the sword, we'll die by the sword? Does it not say that we reap what we sow? You know, our life can put us in a position of danger. 
And I thank God for the covering of the Lord through His blood and protection. I'm going to get there in just a minute. But I want to make a statement to you and say that we do things that are sinful at times. That put us in a place where our, our life is in danger. Our life is put in a place of possible peril. You know the Bible says that, that there's long life to those that honor their father and their mother. He didn't say if they were honorable. He said honor your father and your mother. Even if they're not honorable, you honor them. Amen. But you don't know what they did to me. I know what Jesus did for you. Amen. I don't care what they did. I know what He did. And He could save and change and deliver us and heal us. And if we are complete in Him, it doesn't matter what anybody's done to us. We're okay and complete in our relationship with Him. And that's what's important. But church, listen. We're supposed to honor our father and our mother. And He said you'll have long life. He said you'll have long life. You know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. You reap what you sow. I remember a period of time in my life whenever I, I was going through a time and God said, you know, the problem with you and why I cannot bless you is because you're not honoring your father and your mother that's what God said to me and I said Lord I've got to change that he said you do or there'll never be an open heaven for you and the moment I begin to correct that he said stop talking about everything that they ever did that was wrong in your life stop it honor them and I'm going to tell you right now, I honor my dad and I honor my mom. And I love them. And you know what I realized as I began to really pray and ask God to forgive me, he showed me, you know, things weren't exactly as bad as you thought they were. You saw it through your point of view, but you didn't see it from everybody else's point of view. You didn't see all the good things that happened. You know, a lot of times we exacerbate things or we embellish things. Come on. Oh, I didn't embellish nothing. I can tell you there's some people that have embellished. I said, your childhood wasn't that bad. Your parents did the best they could do. A lot of them weren't saved. How would they know? When you're not serving God, you don't know how to lead your children in the admonition of the Lord. And I found that in a lot of relationships, the unpardonable sin isn't just that somebody blasphemes the Holy Ghost. But the unpardonable sin is a mistake as a parent. A lot of times your children do not forgive you for the things that took place. But church, we have to be that way. We must forgive. We must forgive. Oh, mighty God. Mighty God. Oh, I'm telling you, it's a flower of our life. It's a flower of our life. And, and, and hell may have a target on your back. And it may seem but a step between you and death at times. But in Christ, God is our shield and our buckler. You know, even if we've done things that have been wrong. And thank God for praying parents that pray and stop the hand of death. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. There have been times even in my own life with my boys where I begin to speak to them and share something with them and to put them in check. They had enough of a fear of God to know, I better listen to my dad because I can tell you, he talks to God and God talks to him. Hallelujah. But God is our shield and our buckler. The reason I'm saying this to you is because I was sharing how that in the flower of our life, it could be snuffed out, you know, prematurely because of our actions. But I want you to know, even if you've done everything you're supposed to do, the devil still has a target on your back as a believer. He sure does. And if you fulfill the call of God, you may be snake bit, you may be shipwrecked, you may be stoned and left for dead, beat and imprisoned, but still alive because God preserves you. Think about how many times you should have or could have been dead, but you're alive today. You could have been dead in an overdose, but you are alive today. You could have been dead because you, you could have gotten shot or you almost got shot. Or maybe you did get shot, but you're alive today. I can tell you, the devil can't kill you if God's got his hand upon you. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. 
I went back over my life and thinking about how that the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck. And when you look at my baby pictures, I'm, my, my face looks like a tomato. It's beet, beet red, beet red. I said, Mom, what in the world happened? She said the umbilical cord was wrapped around your neck. And as, they were, as you were coming out, she said, you know, it was like suffocating you. And I said, the devil. The devil tried to kill me before I even come out of the womb. Amen. He tried to put me to death before I come out of the womb. He tried to kill me at three years old. He tried to kill me at 17 in a bad car accident. He tried to kill me back in 2006 when I fell off of a ladder in this church on the floor, on a concrete floor, on my head. But I stand here today, hallelujah, because God's my shield and my buckler in the flower of my life, in the season of my life. He's preserved. Me. He preserved me when I got hit head on two years ago. You've been there. I've been there. Thank God for the covering of the blood of Jesus. Aren't you thankful today? You don't even realize the angels that are watching over you. You and I have angels watching over us. Hallelujah. But the word gives us a sobering. Warning, yea, instruction, this life is but a vapor. The flower fades, the grass withers. And it fades, but there's something that is enduring. God's Word. God's Word. His enduring Word. He said in verse 8, the Word of God shall stand forever. We know it stood for 6,000 years. With multitudes of devils and despots. Who tried to destroy it. But his word shall never pass away. His word brings good tidings. That's what he said here in verse 9. O Zion that bringeth good tidings. Get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem that bringeth good tidings. Lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. And say unto the cities of Judah. Behold your God. The good tidings are speaking to you and I today. Behold your God. Behold your God. I'm so thankful that the Word of God brings good tidings, that we can behold the goodness of God. And the, and the Word points to the way of eternal life. The Word of God points to eternal life. The Word points to the way of man's redemption and salvation through the blood of Jesus. You and I were born into this life as sinners. We need a Savior. Jesus is the Savior. There's no other way in which man can be saved but by Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through Christ. And no man comes to Christ but the Spirit of God draws him. And the Word of God tells us how that we can preserve, in essence, the flower of our life. Before we can ever talk about preserving that bloom and preserving that and having that aroma and it lasting as long as ever as God would have it to. As, uh, you know, before we can get there, we have to come back and understand the Word speaks to us to repent. It's an enduring word. I know that nobody preaches that hardly anymore, but we must repent. We must repent. People live in, in turmoil and trouble, and they're tormented, and they're, they have all sorts of things because of sin. That's what sin brings. It brings with it all of that. But there's something powerful about being liberated from that sinful life and from the bondages of sin and from the pain and the torment of sin, the darkness of it. When it robs you of your peace, God knows how to give you your peace back. Have you ever been there where you did something as a Christian and you just felt it right here? You're like, I can't go on except I pray it through. Don't look at me like you've never done that, church. We've all done it. Hallelujah. Whether you talked about somebody, whether you looked at something you shouldn't, or you allowed a filthy thought in your mind, an impure thought, looked at something you shouldn't, whether you said something, did something, you feel that conviction. 
And until you go and wash it, see it washed in the blood. All the blood covered us from the very beginning. I realize that, but we must come and we must, we must, we must let the Word of God bring a faith and begin to sanctify by His Spirit the things that we've got ourselves in a mess and involved in in sin. And He can wash that away. He said in His Word in 1 John 1 and 9, He said if we begin to confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive. He said you're not supposed to sin as a Christian but if you do you have an advocate with the Father thank God that we have a great high priest that goes between us and God the Father pleads our case so listen God's words enduring and thank God it is thank God it is the word tells the fading flower you can be saved some of you today you feel like a fading flower you feel like you're, you're, you're a fading flower. I can tell you that fading flower can be saved. Amen. That fading flower can be saved. He can be restored. And the Lord wants to save you from your sins and its destruction. I was reading this morning in Psalms 119.89 that God's promise is settled. His word is settled in heaven. Is the exact scripture. His word is settled in heaven. Jesus has accomplished everything and it's settled. What does that mean? That means my sins are forgiven. I don't care what they are, where they where you went, what you did, how deep you went. Repentance says, I'm gonna come and give it to God and say, Forgive me, Lord, and get up and live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Haven't you seen enough people in your life? that have sinned and you see the destruction of their life and then the flip side of that is you see people that have surrendered their life and you see the blessedness upon their life the marriages that have been restored the joy and the peace that you don't have but they have if there's one thing that led me to Christ it was seeing Christian people and the peace that they had and I thought Lord I want that I want that I need that I'm thirsty and hungry for that. The Lord wants to save us from our sins. You still have value. God wants to show you that you still have value. That you still have bloom. You know, suicidal thoughts are from the devil. Let me just stay here for a second. Suicidal thoughts are from the pit of hell. Anxiety and depression is from the pit of hell. But suicidal thoughts are from the pit of hell because the devil wants to lie to somebody today and tell them that your life's not of value and it's not worth living. But I've come to tell you, you're just a bud in bloom. You're just blooming right now. Don't let the devil take you out before God can bring a bloom to your life. God's talking to somebody today. He's talking to some people today because I know, I know that that devil comes and he brings all kinds of things to your mind. But let me tell you something a lie from the pit of hell you are a valuable person you have value God loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for you alone you are the very apple of God's eye you are the apple of his eye you're a peculiar treasure the Bible says he looks over you and he rejoices oh you say but, but pastor I'm a bloom that seems to be fading I feel like I have nothing to give that I'm going nowhere and that my life is over. Let me tell you, that's a lie. You are of value. This preacher led by the Spirit of God came today to tell you if nothing else you heard, you have value. And God loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much that He gave His only Son, God did. His very treasure, the treasure of heaven was given for your life. Don't you let that devil lie to you. Don't let him lie to you. Tell you you're not worthy. Tell you you can't overcome things you can. I don't care what it is, you can overcome it. If you're on drugs, God will deliver you from drugs. If you're bound by perversion, God will deliver you from that. you're bound by homosexuality, lesbianism, God will deliver you of that. Amen. you got all kinds of twisted thoughts and things that you think. You're bound by alcoholism, God will deliver you of that. 
You say, I'm so hurt, I just can't seem to get back up. I can tell you God died for the brokenhearted. The Bible says He heals the brokenhearted in the book of Psalms. He is a healer. He's a deliverer. All you need to, to know is this today, that the flower may fade, but you're not gone yet. Amen. The rose is still in bloom. There's possibility for you because the Word of God endures. God love, God's love endures. God's mercy endures. It's enduring today, and He brought you here to bring healing and deliverance to your life today. You got to believe it. You got to believe it. Almighty God, the Bible says that the, the, the Word of God, amen, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. That's why the Word has to be preached. That's why the Word has to be preached. There's hope for me. There's hope for me. I'm just a flower, it seems like, quickly fading. Here today and gone tomorrow. A wave tossed in the ocean. A vapor in the wind. But still, you hear me when I'm calling. Lord, you catch me while I'm falling. And you told me who I am. I am yours. Did you hear that? I am yours. I belong to you. Oh. Oh, that devil's lied to somebody in here. But I've come to rip the cover off of it and expose him. I've come to tell you today. There's a church full of people that they, they, they shook off that lie. Amen. They shook off that lie. Amen. They said, I'm not going to believe that lie. Amen. I'm not going to believe that lie. I'm going to believe the word of the Lord. And his word is that he loves me. That he cares about me. I believe it was Casting Crowns that sang that song. It's called, Who Am I? I am a flower quickly fading here today and gone tomorrow. A wave tossed in the ocean, a vapor in the wind. But still you hear me when I'm calling. Lord, you catch me when I'm falling. And you told me who I am. I am yours. I am yours, Lord. Oh, I was sharing with Teresa the other day. I said, you know, I said people have to know that God loves them. We must preach that sin is sin, but we have to know the remedy. Amen. God doesn't want us just to feel low and like there's no hope. No, the hope is that God loves us. Oh, I've been there where I felt like nothing, but God knows how to tell you, you have value. You have value. Bless me, Hector at the barbecue. He goes to another church, but he, he's a man of God. He just blessed me. He was sharing with me about a man that he brought that was homeless. And he said, I, I, I saw this man sitting out on the curb, and I asked him, are you okay? And he said, yeah, I'm fine. And he said, I just, I didn't know what to say. I'm not, I'm, I'm not used to doing this like this, just talking to people on the street like that. But he said, I just said, are you hungry? And he said, yeah. He said, let me get you something to eat. So he said, I drove down on my lunch and I got something for him to eat. And I brought it back. And he said, I asked the Lord the whole time I'm praying. I'm praying. And he said, I said, Lord, please, you've got to give me the exact words. And he said, I gave him his food, and he said, you know, brother, he said, I, I don't know what else to say but what God has spoken to my heart. And he told me to tell you today that you have value. You're valuable. And he loves you. He said tears, tears streamed down his face. Tears. He said he just sat there. You know, it's been said to me from people that were on the street ministry that went to the homeless that the homeless said, you coming back here, you make us feel like we're human again. You know, it's not a sermon. It's not a sermon they need. It's the love of God and the acceptance. It's like when my wife goes into those clubs and talks to those women and everybody that goes with her. You can't go in there and beat them over the head with the Bible. You got to go in and say, you're valuable. You have value. 
Because all they have ever known has been exploited by men that only valued them for one day. But we don't have anything to slip in, into your, uh, you know, your G-string. We don't have anything to give to you like that. We've come to tell you Jesus loves you and that you are valuable. You are so valuable that we drove 45 minutes to break through into a strip club that we're not even supposed to be in. To come in here to show you body language to say we love you. God loves you. Amen. Don't listen to the lie of the devil. I tell you, your life isn't valuable. It is. It is. You can still have value. Your downfall is that you don't know the love of God. You don't know the power of God. You don't know the omnipotence, the omniscience, and the omnipresence, which is the all power, all knowledge, and all existence of God. There's hope for the salvage of our lives. And this applies to every person that's sitting here, whether you're a Christian or you're not really surrendered to the Lord. This is for you because Christians go through times too where they forget who they are in Christ. Don't you forget where God brought you from. Don't forget what he made and did in you. Amen. Because he said in verse 28, and I close with this, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. You would think young people have everything ahead of them. But I'm going to share something with you statistically. The young people of this generation have no hope in their mind, in their heart. And in this earth and what's going on in this world, you can't blame them. But church, I want to tell you our hope is in Him. We have hope. And young people, you don't have to be downtrodden and hopeless. There's young people in here that got, when I say young, from teenagers up to their mid-twenties that have committed their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can tell you, they're the happiest people in this building. They're so happy, they said, take this whole world, just give me Jesus. Take my dreams and my hopes. Take my desires that I had to be a, 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 you know, a fashion designer and live in New York. Give me Jesus. I'm happy serving Jesus. I'm happy with the peace of God and the freedom that I have. Or somebody that laid down the desire that was down deep in their heart to coach football. Walked away from it all. Because they love Jesus. There's something greater than just this life has to offer. God loves you. But he said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Sister Lupe, would you come? You know, I shared a story in the first service. Because the crux of my message is that this life is but a vapor. It's a flower fading. And everybody one day is going to take their last breath upon this earth. We're either going to be raptured, taken home as a Christian, or we're going to go by way of the grave. One way or the other, we're going to take our last breath and pass. And then what? You stand before God. And he's either going to say, enter in, thou good and faithful servant, to the joy of the Lord, or depart from me. I never knew you. 
Right now, listen to this, Pastor. Right now, Jesus is your Savior. You're in the flower of your life where Jesus can be your Savior. In fact, Jesus said, I believe it's in John 12, maybe it's John 8, but he said, this is a day and a time of grace. I didn't come to judge right now. I came to extend grace. This is your opportunity of grace. This is your opportunity. I shared with how there was a young boy in Michigan. You can play that. It's not on. Amen. Jesus. There was a boy that was 10 years old, 9 or 10 years old. He was in Michigan and he was playing one morning on his way to school and fell into a pond that was frozen over and he was drowning. But an adult man came running down and he pulled him out of that ice water, got him home, got him taken care of and left. He never saw him again until 14 years later that boy got in trouble and he's standing before the judge and the judge says young man is there anything that you have to say and he looked at him and he said your honor he said I know you I know you and the judge said son I don't, I've never met you he said yes your honor I know you he said, 14 years ago, I fell into a pond and was drowning, but you came down and you rescued me. And he said, do you remember that? And he said, I do. He said, I remember that. And he said, Your Honor, he said, that day, you were a godsend for me. He said, will you show me grace and mercy and rescue me today? judge put his head down and he said son as much as I would wish I could do that he said I have a law that I have to abide by and he said 14 years ago I was your savior it was but today I'm your judge and he said I have to sentence you accordingly why did I share that with you because church right now you have surrender your life to Jesus. Why don't you? He knows how to set us free. He knows how to save us. He knows how to deliver us. He knows how to give our life and cause it to really blossom and be in His will, not ours. I mean, what has your life got you this far? Pain and heartache and sorrow. When you come to Jesus' name, to remove that sorrow and that pain and he gives your life meaning the beauty of the cross is that you he takes an old man an old nature and he makes you a brand new creature in Christ Jesus old things are passed away all things become new that's the message I'm preaching today Jesus is your answer will you give your life to him today this is your opportunity We've got altar workers that will be here in the front. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you can come down here to the front. And they'll pray the sinner's prayer with you and lead you to an experience in Christ Jesus. But you have to take that first step. God, I promise you if you'll take one step, God will take two. He'll touch you. He's faithful. Father, today I thank you for this privilege to come, God, and to minister your word. You're such a good, good father. And Lord, I ask you that you will touch the brokenhearted today. Because there's some folks in here that are brokenhearted. There's some folks, Lord, that are lost without you. They need to rededicate their life. They need to come to you, Lord. And I'm praying that they will in this altar today. That's what this altar is for. Draw by your spirit.
Jesus' name.